Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. How much time do you spend staring at a screen every single day? Have you ever asked yourself that question? When was the last time you asked yourself that question? Do you actually go into your settings app on your phone and look at how much screen time you have every single day? 2020 has been a wild year, and I know so many of us have started spending more time on our phones, on our computers, and in front of the TV than we ever have before. Today on the show, we dive into all of this because I know we want to be totally here and present in our lives. And there are good and beautiful, amazing things that come along with technology, but they are also a huge distraction. And so many of us reach for our phones instead of being present with what comes up in our day. At the end of today's show, I give some really actionable pieces of advice on how to limit and lower your screen time, how to be more present in your day today, how to notice when you're reaching for your phone instead of feeling a feeling, and how to make the use of your devices something absolutely sacred. The point for me right now in the use of my own phone is I want my phone to feel so sacred and know that I'm using it in a way that's so mindful that I can actually place my phone on my altar and feel like it fits there. I want to be here for all of my life, and I know you do too. So this is a big episode. Let's dive in. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am so excited to be talking to you right now. I have a really fun and exciting and really challenging topic in mind for us for today and for this week. And this thing we're going to talk about right now, it actually came out of a Yoga Girl Daily episode. If you don't listen to the Yoga Girl Daily podcasts, 
It's a really good variation of this show where we have little bite-sized five minutes episode every single day and every day is a practice. So Mondays we set intentions, Tuesdays we tune in, we have a journaling prompt and we do some self-contemplation. On Wednesdays we meditate, on Thursdays we have a gratitude practice and on Fridays we do a feel-good or a self-care practice. And I was just recording the, the Yoga Girl Daily for this week and when it came to the feel-good practice I always like to take a moment to close my eyes and take a breath and kind of check in for what I am naturally practicing in my day-to-day life. Because I find that somehow magically these podcasts that I record, whenever they come from a truly authentic place inside of myself, it resonates with people across the world. We have so much in common. And I think the things that are sort of blossoming inside of me or the things that are moving and stirring a little bit, they are stirring in all of us in different ways. So I was sharing this Feel Good Friday episode of the week. I made it into having a phone-free 24 hours. That was the the self-care practice of the Friday is to, to take a little bit of time or a lot of time away from our devices. And the reason I went to that as a feel-good practice is because it's something that I am really practicing in my day-to-day life on a level that somehow feels more integrated than it has before. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how to use our devices in a really sacred way which I think is something that we all struggle with. For me, for so many years, I've had this very challenging and kind of contrasting relationship with with my phone and with social media because somehow I do all of my work through this magical little device. You know, I'm able to live on a tiny island in in the middle of nowhere and I can connect to people in all corners of the world thanks to this device. So there's something so powerful and beautiful and sacred about that, that I can do this work and and link with people who feel the same, that I can record this podcast, knowing that you're going to listen from a totally different part of the world. And all of this happens through the magic of the online world and through the magic of our phones and our devices. And at the same time, you know, this phone of mine, it steals so much of my peace. And I know you feel the same way. I know you struggle too with that balance between how can I use this for the tool that it is versus letting this device actually control my life or control my day. I have had so many moments in my life where I feel like I cannot control how much time I spend on my phone. It just sort of sucks me in. And all of a sudden I'm in this rabbit hole of of doing something totally different, not what I aspire to do when I pick up the phone. I finish that and then I check something else. And all of a sudden, you know, I've lost 30 minutes of my day just with that device in my hand for no real apparent reason. And as I'm going deeper on this this journey of mine of of, of personal development and of healing, I am in this place where I want to be present for all of my life. And I know you do too. You know, that's why we practice yoga. It's why we practice meditation. It's why you gravitate toward these kinds of podcasts, for instance, versus other podcasts, is you want to be present in your life. You want to be present in your body. You want to really be here for the things that matter. And there's something about the addictiveness of our devices that actually makes them a hindrance to our being present here now. So let's dive right in. I want you to, as you're listening to this show right now, you know, in this moment, take a moment to just close your eyes and with your eyes closed, feeling into the body right now, what does the idea of your phone 
the idea of the devices that you use in a day, the idea of the online world, what kind of of feeling is automatically triggered within your body, just on the topic of this conversation. And just see right away what's there, you know. Perhaps you feel lots of excitement, you know, and gratitude that you have this ability to stay connected with the rest of the world, to feel inspired, to get motivated, to, you know, to listen to this podcast, for instance, or to connect with friends from afar. Maybe you feel that, or maybe you feel something totally different. Maybe there is a little bit of an exhaustion there or a bit of tiredness, that there's a part of you that actually is really tired of how much time you spend looking at a screen. Or maybe there's a part of you that feels really triggered by the things you come across online and especially on social media. Perhaps there is something inside of you that that continuously compares yourself with other people. Maybe there's something that you come across in your online world that makes you feel like you're not good enough, like you should be doing a better job than you are right now. Maybe something that started off feeling very inspiring and motivational now actually feels more like a hindrance or something that's putting you down. And see where this is at. And it's entirely possible to feel a multitude of things at the same time, right? We can feel grateful for the connection, but also feel really exhausted by it. We can feel inspired and really jealous at the same time of other people who have these great lives and we don't. But right now, the way you are, and also not just thinking of of our devices and our phones overall, but today, right, where you are at in your life right now, in terms of the time you spend looking at the screen, what is that? What does it feel like right now? Is it helpful in terms of your healing journey or is it a hindrance? And just take a deep breath right now to whatever's is stirring inside of you. So inhale in through the nose. Open the mouth and exhale it out. And as you blink your eyes open, just taking this moment to really acknowledge for yourself whatever is the truth here. Maybe you are drawn to this episode right now because you want to make a change in terms of how much time your device takes up in your day or how much of your life is actually spent looking at a screen versus looking a person in the eye. For me personally, I, I have reached a place definitely where I, I, I feel a little bit <laughs> fed up. I really got to a place where I felt like, okay, there is a, a part of this device that keeps me totally connected that I'm so grateful for where I'm using my device as a tool, you know, to further my, my, my personal development, to further my business, to further my connection with people in the world. But there is a limit as to how far that part actually goes. And the moment I cross the limit of, okay, I'm, I'm using my device and it's, it's giving me something. The moment I cross into that gray area of, hmm, now I'm just sort of spending time here and I don't know why, right? I lose the mindfulness around the time I'm spending on my phone where all of a sudden I get lost in just scrolling through, through Instagram, for instance. When I'm not looking up a specific friend to write them, or I'm not looking for inspiration in a certain way, or I'm not using my phone to find a practice or something that that is healing and helpful for me, but where all of a sudden I'm just distracted. 
And when I get to that place where I cross that limit from it being purposeful to all of a sudden it just being a distraction, that's when I actually find that the use of my phone, that my phone actually becomes something that steals and takes from me versus something that adds value to my day-to-day life. And for all of us, the moment we cross that threshold, the most important thing we can do and the thing that we all need to do is to get really present around the fact that that is actually happening, right? Because if we're not present around the fact that there's something about our phones that actually takes precious energy and presence and time and connection away from our day, if we're not aware, then chances are we are down that rabbit hole and we are there all day long. And maybe we just have this sense of, of tiredness all the time. Maybe the sense of, of disconnect a little bit. We feel a little bit numb all the time. Perhaps we've entirely lost the ability to be bored in our lives. This is something that I'm contemplating a lot. You know, before we had these, these phones, which, which of course they have a whole world of unexplored content within them. Before we had them, we had a lot of moments in our day for boredom. And I think boredom is this hugely important thing that we are all meant to experience where we don't have every single window of our entire day completely filled up by something, right? Where we are constantly being bombarded with new information every moment of the day, but that space to complete a moment or to complete a task or to finish something or to just arrive at a moment in your day where all of a sudden there's nothing, right? That boredom of, oh, I don't know what to do with myself in this moment, or I don't know what my next thing is, or I don't know what to, what to reach for right now, where all of a sudden a bit of space opens up around us. And a lot of us, we regard boredom as this bad thing, like we shouldn't be bored. There's that, that saying, only boring people are bored, right? We're supposed to be excited and adventurous and do something with our day all the time. But I think boredom is so precious. Out of boredom, out of not knowing what to do or where to be or what experience is next, that's when genius actually arrives. That's where actually we source so much of our inspiration that place of nothingness, of not being scheduled or busy, right? That space of just, I don't know, that space of not knowing, that's boredom. And it's a hugely important asset for all of us. It's there for a reason, right? We're not meant to be busy all day long. And oftentimes, before we had those devices available where we have a whole world of just unexplored stuff to dive into at any moment of the day at just the reach of our fingertips, right? When we didn't have that, boredom would arise and we would all of a sudden look around like, hmm, I wonder wonder what's next for me in my day, right? And maybe we realize that, oh, there's that book over there that I, that I haven't actually had a chance to dive into. Let me open that up. Or what do I actually want to do with this moment? Maybe I want to make myself a cup of tea, Perhaps there is a really interesting conversation to be had with a person in my life or a person in my house out of that space. Maybe I just sit here on a chair and I take a breath and I'm just enjoying that silence. Or maybe underneath that boredom, there is an emotion I haven't actually had the space to feel or explore. You know, boredom can also be this beautiful opening into self-exploration where we actually look at, huh, what's going on inside of me right now? 
you know, out of boredom, we create amazing things. We create amazing opportunities. And boredom in and of itself is a beautiful place to be, that place of nothing. And we don't really have that anymore. So when boredom arises, and instead of lingering there or using that as a space to go into the next thing, which usually is something that we're present with, right? Maybe we go into the garden and we garden a little bit, or maybe we pick up the next task around the house, or we cook something, or, you know, we're in the day-to-day being, right, of our day-to-day lives, where instead we pick up the phone, and we use the phone as a distraction for boredom, then we're not using that phone to bring value or to add value into our day because we're just picking up the phone to distract ourselves from not knowing what to do in that moment, from not wanting to maybe be with ourselves or not knowing really how to be in that place of silence. And then we scroll, right? We do something probably mindless, How often do you find yourself in a day switching between your top three apps, right? For me, when I end up in this space, it's always my WhatsApp, which is my messaging app where I communicate with a bunch of people all the time, you know, could be friends, could be work, could be family, could be all of that mixed up into one. There's always a conversation going there between that and Instagram, which is for me part work, but also part just social media, right? Where I can find myself scrolling endlessly, endlessly, because there's always something new, right? And and the people I follow online, they're of interest to me in some capacity. That's why I follow them, right? So after I've taken in some form of content and looked at someone's video or image or read their caption and been moved by that in some way, I go to the next and then there's another thing there and it just doesn't really end, right? And I switch between that and my email, like those three things, you know, what else is there to do in my inbox? Have I gotten new emails in? And every time I refresh my, my inbox, there's always a new email. <laughs> you know, that's the, the nature of, of my work. There's always something else for me to do. But in that space, you know, switching from those top, top three apps, and maybe for you, it's Facebook or it's TikTok or it's Snapchat or it's something totally different. What am I actually doing with my time, Right. Am I there on Instagram because I'm sharing something, right? Some content of value, something I want to share or speak about, or am I there to actually look for something, right? I'm sourcing inspiration of some kind, or I'm wanting to connect with someone for some reason in some way, or in my messaging app, am I in my messaging app because I want to reach out to somebody? I want to ask them a question. I want to say, Hey, how are you? I want to connect somehow, or I'm, you know, doing something for work or checking off a task or finding, getting information for some reason, Where in my inbox, am I actually there answering emails, doing the work that needs to be done in a day? For me, when I end up in that little rabbit hole of going between those three apps, the answer is almost always no. And when this actually occurred to me that oftentimes I pick up my phone with a really good intention of, oh yeah, I'm just going to answer this email or yeah, I'm just going to post this one thing to Instagram or yeah, I'm just going to answer my friend in this chat, in this messaging app. And then I complete that task, the reason I picked up my phone, but I don't put my phone down. Who else does this? I'm going to guess like 99.999% of all of us, because everyone I ask in my own life, you know, we all do this. And after watching The Social Dilemma on Netflix, if you haven't watched it yet, please go watch this. 
it's a documentary. I'm sure you've, you've seen it. It was sh- kind of shared everywhere and, and people responded to it fairly intensely. It shows us actually that the fact that we end up in these little rabbit holes of staying on our phones, you know, picking up our phones with a specific reason, but then not leaving the phone. All of a sudden we've spent an hour there or all of a sudden we've lost 20 minutes when all we were going to do was answer this question that our, that, our, that our friend asked us on this messaging app. And all of a sudden, like an hour passed and what happened to our time, right? It's actually not just our fault or our own inability to leave, but all of these apps and our devices, they are designed to keep us there for as long as possible. And for me, learning more about this, that actually, oh, it's not just about my willpower or my, you know, my, my ability to be distracted easily or, or numbing out or whatever reason it is that I get stuck on my phone or that I have so many hours in a day actually spend on my phone. It's actually the intelligence of this technology, right? It's meant to keep me there. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be addicted to a device, I don't want to spend so much of my day looking at a screen. I want to be here for my life. And the moment we bring that awareness in that there is that limit when we go from having used the phone for for the reasons that we picked it up in the first place, using it as a tool to add value to our day, add value to our business, add value to our social lives, and all of a sudden we're lost there right? The moment we realize that that is actually something that happens to us in a day, that's something that we do in a day, then we can make a change, right? So that's the first step is to really bring awareness into what is your social media use like? And a really great way to do this is to take a moment, just the way we did at the beginning of this episode, to feel into the body, you know, when you're on your phone, if you catch yourself, well, here I am again, scrolling, right? I'm not doing or being, I'm just distracted, right? I'm just not really here. What does that feel like in the body? If you close your eyes in that exact moment, you place your hand to your heart and you go, how, how am I doing right now? What is this like for me? Chances are that that scrolling isn't taking you anywhere, that that scrolling could be replaced by some form of presence in your body or something that's useful to you in your day, right? Or just being present with the people around you. How many times do you find yourself annoyed or distracted by other people on their phones in your day to day? For me, this is a huge pet peeve. And especially the more time I spend really present around wanting to make my use of my own devices sacred and present. But the more work I do on my own in that area, the more I realize how quick other people are in my life to mid-conversation or sometimes mid-sentence or while we're having dinner or, you know, watching a movie or whatever we're doing in our day-to-day for other people to just all of a sudden pick up their devices and disappear and realizing what it feels like for me when other people leave me in that sense, when all of a sudden their presence isn't with me, even though we're out to dinner, we're out to spend time together, you know, friends or whoever, or my husband or whoever I'm with, that feeling is not a nice feeling. That feeling is big. And I really think it is for all of us, but we have become so accustomed to people in our day-to-day checking out, spending time with people on our devices, you know. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live like that. I don't want this to be my normal. I don't want that to be something normal in my house. I don't want my daughter to grow up with parents who are spending more time on their phones than they are present with her. I don't want friendships where we are around the table, you know, 
<laughs> present with each other, having dinner, talking, and all of a sudden, half the table checks out for 15 minutes to do something on their phones, you know. So the reason I'm sharing this right now is because I really feel we are all in a space where, first of all, 2020 has, has brought us to a new level of, of screen time. Well, we know that. And that's okay. You know, we don't want to be judgmental about the time we spent staring at a screen. We don't want to beat ourselves up. We don't want to add shame or guilt or any of those heavy things onto this, right? Because it's never, ever, ever, ever helpful. And for so many of us, the fact that we have this, these devices actually sort of saved us this year. So acknowledging that, that for so many people, the fact that we have the internet, that we have these apps on our phones, maybe even saved our businesses, if it wasn't for this connection, maybe we wouldn't be okay right now, you know, and being in isolation, being in quarantine, being able to communicate and talk to other people while in isolation could be the thing that, that really kept our mental health in check. So it makes sense that our screen time is a lot higher this year than it's been other years. And we should all be grateful for the fact that we have this as an asset to use. But what we want to do is bring enough mindfulness and presence in so that we can be really aware of the moment we go from using our devices to the moment device begins to use us. And when that shift takes place, that we can actually take a breath, be present in the body and put our phones away to be present in our lives. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. I have a, a couple of, of, of tips and things I want to share that have been really, really, really helpful for me in terms of making my phone a sacred space. And this is an important thing to do, I think, especially if you are like me, if you work somehow through social media or through the use of your phone, that we maintain the positive connection, that we maintain the gratitude for the things that our online lives actually bring us. And this is a really great exercise to do if you have a moment today or maybe even right now to pause this podcast and journal on this for a little bit, putting at the very top of a brand new page in your journal. I am grateful for my phone because, 
or I'm grateful for my devices because, and just list that for a little bit or journal on that for a little bit. What around the use of your phone and your devices actually brings you a sense of gratitude? Define that so you can get really, really clear on in which areas of your life is your phone really helpful. And then you can get even more granular around it. You know, what are the apps that actually help advance your business, for instance? Or what are the apps that help keep you connected to friends and family? What are the parts of your phone that actually are really, really useful to you? And then define that. And then take it to the other side. What steals your peace? You know, my phone steals my peace when... Or my device steals my peace when, because I know for a lot of us, it's not only our phones, it could be your iPad or your computer or something else, but my phone steals my peace when. So when or at what point or with what apps and what sort of use of your phone do you actually feel like it's stealing your peace? Like it's not adding value to your day, but rather taking from it and get really clear about that. Because once you have defined, okay, here are the areas of the use of my phone that are really helpful, and here are the areas that are not, you can begin to make some more structural and logistical changes that are going to be really helpful. So for me, for instance, when I did this exercise the first time, I realized that yes, Instagram for me, for instance, is a really useful, valuable app. I mean, it's thanks to this amazing application on my phone that I have my career right now, you know, and I can never, ever, ever take that for granted. I don't want to take that for granted. So when I am mindful about how I spend time on Instagram, actually it adds so much to my life. But there's also that duality of it that when I get lost and I'm not present or mindful around my use of that very same app, where all of a sudden it starts to take my peace. So the same app can bring and take from you in your day to day. I realized that the use of Facebook, for instance, and this was a pretty big eye-opening thing for me, that I, I was spending a sizable amount of time on Facebook every day. But when I really looked at it, Facebook didn't end up on the side of things that actually add value to my life in any way. And this was interesting for me because I was spending time there, but when I actually wanted to connect with family and friends, I wasn't doing that through Facebook. When I actually wanted to be inspired by something, that wasn't happening through Facebook. When I actually went purposefully to my phone for some sort of content or to use it in some way, it never happened through Facebook. So Facebook turned out to be one of those areas of my phone that just stole my peace, where I was just distracted in different ways. But I thought that, you know, Facebook is, everybody has Facebook, I have to be on Facebook. Actually, I didn't, and I don't. So Facebook is one of the apps that I deleted from my phone, and it's just added value to my life. I can still go there if I'm, for a purposeful reason, wanting to be on Facebook. For instance, in one of our retreat groups, we have retreat groups for our yoga retreats on Facebook. It's great. We have the yoga girl community on Facebook, but I go there on my computer with purpose, right? And I don't get lost the same way I get lost on the Facebook app on my phone. So that's an example of a logistical shift that I could make that actually added a lot of value to my life. So a great thing to do that I would love for you to do right now is to take a moment and decide for yourself just the way you are in this moment how much time each day makes sense for you to be spent on your device? You know, what, what, what is a reasonable amount of time? And see if you can really approach this just from the regular spectrum of your day today. You know, we have 24 hours in a day. Hopefully you sleep 
seven or eight hours, you know, you have time spent when you're at work, you have time spent off, you have time spent with your family, maybe you're spending a lot of time at home right now, you're not going to work anymore. You know, just take a moment to kind of scope out, you know, say you sleep eight hours, you have 16 hours left in a day. How many of those 16 hours are you willing to give away to your phone? How much time makes sense for you? What sounds like a reasonable amount? For me, and I meditated on this a lot, I actually really, really brought this into my spiritual practice because how we spend our day, of course, is the most spiritual part of our practice of all. How are we present in our lives? And for me, it came down to recognizing that, okay, there is a certain amount of hours that I want to be present on my phone because I'm using it for something valuable, right? And then there's a component to it that maybe is around entertainment as well and other things. And I often use my phone when I'm cooking, for instance, to look up recipes and, you know, it's not all bad and it's easy to get into that space of, oh, it's all bad. So appreciating the good parts about it. How many hours am I willing to give um, to my phone? And I decided on two, two hours a day for me out of those 16 hours where, 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 where I'm awake in a day to, to me felt like a really reasonable amount of amount of time, you know, and it, it, did, it didn't feel overwhelming. It didn't feel like it's too much, but it also didn't feel like, like I was being unreasonable. You know, it felt, felt like a realistic thing for me to say, yeah, I want to be two hours or less. And of course, the less time I spend in most days, the better. For you, maybe the answer to that question is 30 minutes. You know, you don't want to spend more than 15, 30 minutes in a day. Why would you be on your phone? Not everyone has has this longing to spend less time. And I get that. Maybe for you, it's more than that. But just take a moment right now to really define what seems reasonable. And then once you've decided on that amount, I want you to open up your phone, go into the settings app and click on screen time. And maybe this is a terrifying thing, you know, if you've never done this or if you don't have the regular habit of checking in on your screen time, this is a great way to invite more presence and mindfulness into your life. So if you're scared of the idea of knowing what your screen time is, then that means you definitely need to know, you know, because you want to be aware and conscious of how you spend your day. And if that number feels crazy high, but you're okay with that, right? If it feels really high, or if the number feels really high to you, but you're conscious around it and you go, yeah, but this is how I want to spend my day. I want to be on my phone eight hours a day, you know, then that's okay. That's great because it's your life. You decide how you want to live and you're going to be conscious about the time you spend online. So wonderful. You know, there's no judgment around that. There shouldn't be any judgment around that, especially from you to you. But if that number for you, say it's around, yeah, you're you're okay with four hours on your phone a day and all of a sudden that number is telling you six or the number is telling you eight or you want to be one hour a day on your phone, but you're actually spending four or five hours there, you know, that's telling you something. That's a really good beginning for you to make a sizable change in your life. So beginning with bringing some of that consciousness in so that we can make the mindful decision of, oh, I actually want to make a change here. And maybe you don't. Maybe you say, hey, I want to spend an hour a day on my phone and your screen time ends up being an hour and 15 minutes. Wonderful. You know, great, because you actually have that awareness aligned with your actions. And that's where we want to be in our day to day. This is the same conversation that I have a ton about veganism, for instance. 
I think if we are aware of how things work when it comes to the food industry and how the food gets to our plate and we know and we feel good about that, then great. You know, it's all about just bringing that awareness into our different areas of our lives. Same thing goes with our healing journey. You know, once we are aware of the triggers that come our way into our day to day, we can look out for them and we're going to be present when life happens to us. But if we are a little bit checked out or we are unconscious in big areas of our lives, we are going to have this feeling like we are not in charge of our day to day. That actually more like we're kind of a, a little life raft just being blown around in a big storm. And we want to have that sense of aligning our awareness with our actions or aligning our actions with our awareness. So once you have your number and you have your screen time, that's a really good place to know, okay, here is a change that maybe I want to be making in my life. For me, when I made this decision, and this was a while back, I had, I mean, I had days this year where my screen time was, it was like nonstop, you know, around the election, election week, who didn't have like an all day, you know, kind of glued to your phone the entire day. During really challenging times around the pandemic, you know, I spent so much time on my phone, on the news, looking up statistics, you know, on social media, trying to get information. So oftentimes when we have really high screen time, there is this uneasy feeling connected to it, right? Maybe we are using our phones as a pacifier, you know, as a way to try to make us feel better, to try to soothe us, try to bring us more ease. So oftentimes there is that maybe intelligence inside of us that's actually looking for a resource. We're actually looking for grounding. We're looking to feel connected. We're looking for help. And that's why we spend so much time on our phone. So it's not like there's this bad side of ourselves and we're losing all of this time to our phones for a bad reason, but we're looking for healing. But chances are we might not be looking in the right places. And for me, the moment I started to really put my phone away or create more structure in my day so that I could align the time I spend with a screen in my face with how much time I want to spend with a screen in my face, I actually realized that the things that bring me genuine peace, right, they are never on my phone. <laughs> And I'm going to say nine times out of 10, they are not on my phone. There are times where I reach for a specific podcast, but when I'm listening to that podcast, I'm not on my phone. Does that make sense? I put my phone facing down so I can listen and be present to the podcast I'm listening to, right? If I'm scrolling on social media while trying to listen to a podcast and then going back and forth between other apps, I'm not really there with a the podcast either, you know? So when I make a choice to be present with some form of content on my phone, I'm listening, but I'm putting my phone away, right? Or if I'm reading an article that's really valuable to me, I'm there just reading that article and then I can put my phone away. So we have tools and assets and resources we can reach for through our phones, but more often than not, we get lost and we get lost in a space that brings us more anxiety or in a space that makes us feel more disconnected. Or we reach for social media to feel inspired and then all of a sudden, all we see is people living greater lives than us. We go into comparison, we go into feeling not enough, and all of a sudden we're spiraling down this really negative place of everywhere we look, we feel more uneasy. And the way to really come back to home, so nine times out of 10, I'm going to say the 10th time is the time you reach for that podcast. Maybe it's this podcast. Maybe it's um, listening to a guided meditation on a meditation app on your phone. That's going to be the 10th time, right? Where you're consciously reaching for a resource that's through the magic of technology available to you. That's going to be the 10th time. But the other nine times, 
we reach for the phones and it doesn't quite work, right? So what if 90% of the time, instead of reaching for our devices and losing precious presence and awareness, losing life, you know, losing time, we actually went to our bodies instead. We actually went to the things that we know really work instead. You know, we use the resources that we have. We reach for nature. We go for a walk outside. We go hug a tree. We go sit by some body of water. You know, maybe we reach for a friend and we go talking to somebody. We share with somebody how we're actually feeling. Maybe we reach for our journals and we write about what's going on. We roll out our yoga mats. You know, we meditate, we move our bodies, we dance, we get creative, we paint, or we just spend undisturbed time with our families, you know, being totally present with our kids and our spouses and our partners and our people. Maybe even things like, for me, I realize sometimes a resource is cleaning, you know, just organizing things around the house brings me peace. And all of these things that don't happen on our phones, you know, that's regular day-to-day normal present life. And it's not going to always be butterflies and rainbows. It's not like all the time we spend not with our devices, like it's some magical recipe for everything being wonderful all the time, but we're going to be there for it. Whereas when we are half-heartedly on our phones, right, or constantly reaching for our phones every 5, 10, 15 minutes throughout the day, we're not really here for the other things. You know, we're really missing out on the big, 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 big chunks of life. When we are old and gray, you know, imagining yourself at 99 years old, let's say we're all, we're all going to reach 100. At the end of your life, looking back at your life, you want to have been there for it. You know, no one's going to look back and say, oh, I wish I spent more time on my phone. I wish I spent more time on social media. No. So aligning what we really want out of life with how we actually spend our day. So if your screen time is higher than you want it, then consider this your big fat sign to make a change and to make that change today. So how much time do you actually want to spend and how can you align that really well? For me, a couple of logistical things that have been really helpful is putting limits on my apps. And this doesn't work for everybody. I know, I think Dennis did this, like when I found found out that you can actually put limits on how much time you want to spend on an app. So of course, you're, so how it works is you're going to decide how much time do I want to spend on this social media app? Let's say Instagram. I decided, okay, 30 minutes a day is, is, is a lot of time. You know, if what I really want to use Instagram for is to connect with certain people and to share content and maybe read messages in a day. Like those are the things I want to do. 30 minutes is a lot of time to do that. When your 30 minutes are up, you're going to, the app is going to sort of close and you're going to get a message that says five minutes left or something like that. And then you go, okay, I have five minutes left. And when the five minutes are up, you click okay. And then that app is not reachable for the rest of the day. Now, obviously you're a human being. You can bypass the limitation. You can still go in and click on it and open it anyway, right? You can say, no, I want to continue on the app. So it does, it's not going to keep you away, but it's going to let you know that, oh, hey, I filled that quota that I decided in a mindful moment was plenty, right? So what I'm doing right now on this app, is it really helpful for my day to day? 
So using limits for apps, I find to be really helpful at the very least to have that awareness of, okay, you know, I'm choosing now to spend more time than I decided I actually want to be here. And maybe for today, that's totally cool, right? That's no big deal. But at least I'm going to know when I've actually ventured into that space of, whoa, all of a sudden I spent three hours today on Instagram. That seems, that seems for me, at least that seems like a lot, you know, it's not really where I want to be in a day. So using your limits on your apps is a really good thing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The other thing that I find is really, really helpful in terms of how we use the phone is the apps that bring me most value, I put them at the very front of my of my home screen. So on the, I don't know how this works on an Android. I'm sure it's similar. But when I open my my phone, I have an empty home screen. The first screen I see, it's just totally empty. And then I have to swipe left and there are my most valuable apps. Only the apps that I have decided are actually really helpful to my day. And then the other apps that maybe aren't so helpful, but they are entertaining or I use them to distract myself sometimes or, you know, all the apps that we have for a variety of reasons, they come later. So I actually have to swipe through a couple of screens to get to those apps, which means that I have a little bit of a hurdle to get there. Sometimes I just pick up my phone and I don't know why. <laughs> Who else does that? How often do we do that? We pick up our phones and we don't really have a reason to. It's just ingrained in what we do in a day. We pick up the phone and we check, huh, is something new here? Is something going on? Did someone write me a message? And every time, yes, something new. There's always new content on every social media app. There's always going to be a message. There's always going to be a text. And email. There's always something. So when I open my phone and I get to that empty home screen, I actually have a moment to go, why am I here again? Because I have to make the effort to look for the app. And if the answer to that question, why am I here is I have no idea, then I can put my phone back down. Or it's at least a little bit easier to put the phone down versus opening my phone one click away is that Instagram app. And then all of a sudden I'm in the feed. <laughs> and you know, once you're in the feed, it's hard to get out. So using limits on your apps and then putting your apps further away from the home screen, at least for me. And this might seem silly to some of you, I don't know. I'm just sharing what I found actually has, has really worked. Right. And then the other thing is when I come home, wherever I've been, if I've been teaching or out for something for work or, or whatever, I put my phone away in another room. So if I know that, okay, I'm, I'm, I want undisturbed time with my family. I'm, I'm home now. My daughter's home from school. You know, this is definitely a time where I don't want to be on my phone. I will go through the effort of putting my phone in another room. The fact that I have to go through these kinds of measures, you know, shows how addictive this device is. Of course, I wish I could have my phone on a pedestal in the middle of my kitchen <laughs> and that I just from pure willpower could go, no, I don't ever want to pick this up. But I have realized for me, and I'm, I'm sure for a lot of us, when my phone is in my proximity, when I see it, inevitably I'm going to pick it up. And oftentimes it's something like, oh, I'm looking for a recipe because I'm going to bake with my daughter. And as I pull up my phone to look for the recipe, there's stuff that happened there. And then all of a sudden I'm answering messages and then I'm there again. And I do that all through the day. So when I keep my phone in another room, I don't see it. I don't pick it up as much as that. It's as simple as that. 
And yes, all of this definitely proves how how addictive this device is. And I I think that's also an interesting, interesting exploration to have is, is how did we end up here? You know, <laughs> how, how did this become our lives? How did this become my life where I actually have to go put my phone like under the mattress in the guest bedroom <laughs> just to make myself have a phone free day? You know, I wish that wasn't the case, but unfortunately it is for me. It absolutely is. So that's one thing that really works as well. Another thing that is really important, and this for me is, is, is probably one of the most important things, is to have designated phone-free times in your day. Because it shouldn't just go for you, and I find that for myself. For me, I want my whole family to be present together, you know. And I find that if I am having a phone-free day, but my husband is on his phone a lot, it becomes distracting, you know. And it's also a moment for me. It's almost like, if, have, you ever, have you ever been the sober one at a party where people are drinking and you realize what happens when people drink? To be a phone-free person in a room full of people who are on their phones, it gives you a little more perspective in terms of, whoa, you know, how often we all reach for our phones, how hard it is for people these days to maintain a long stretch of presence with other people. So it's very sobering, you know, to, to, to choose to have designated phone-free days or phone-free time. And what works for us in this house is to have times of the day where just there is no use of our phones. And oftentimes, because I'm kind of the phone police, I'll announce like, hey, you know, like when we come home with Leia from school or the afternoon, you know, as we're transitioning to kind of a quieter part of the day, it's like, okay, let's put our phones away. And then we put them away completely. And then maybe when, when Leia is asleep, Dennis wants to pick his phone back up to check some messages and things like that. And I like to keep my evenings completely phone free when I can. So it's an individual thing, but having designated times of the day, what's a day for you in your life that you feel is really, really precious? You know, a day for you that's really important for your peace of mind. For a lot of us, it's the mornings. For me, the first hours of my morning is the most sacred time of my day. And I want those first hours to be totally present. If I'm in my practice or I'm dancing or I'm journaling or whatever it is I'm doing, the moment I bring a phone into that space, all of a sudden I lose some of that sacredness. Immediately, it's kind of lost. So I, I never, ever go to my phone. I'm going to say it's, I don't have a specific time. Usually it's eight o'clock. I pick my phone up in the morning. So when Leia is at school. But having that designated time, for me, it's the morning. I don't want my phone then. At the very end of the day, I try to not be on my phone as well. Uh, but maybe you have a designated time in your day where you know, like your kids come home from school or when you're cooking with your spouse or, you know, the afternoon until the evening. Have those designated times in the day where the whole house is just a phone-free house. It makes such a difference. Another little rule that I keep in the house that I sometimes have to fight my husband for is the rule of no double screening. Who has this rule or who has this as like a little habit? Who, whoever finds themselves watching a movie and all of a sudden you're watching a movie on your phone. Like this is going to be one of those things that hundreds of years from now, when people look back at this time in society, they're going to go, what on earth was going on with society that, I mean, come on, we already have one screen in front of us. We're already watching a movie. Is that not enough? <laughs> you know? So double screening is a huge no, no for me. Like if we're going to watch a movie, we're going to watch a movie. And 
I struggle with this with my my dear sweet husband sometimes because he often finds like time at the end of the day, you know, he's like, I'm checking my messages now and answering my friends and doing all this stuff. But then I'd rather he do that and then we watched a movie, you know, because I want his presence. Even if our presence is with a movie or with something, I want it there, right, together so that we're not with two screens in our faces at the same time, not really giving our full attention to either. So no double screening, at least for me, is a, is a really important rule that at least keeps some presence around, around our screen time. And then what I'm going to go ahead and say now, and this is something I really want to share if, if for you to have a, a takeaway from this episode, the thing that has been the most helpful for me in all of this that I would love to inspire for you to do is to take a phone detox, to have a complete phone-free day, weekend, week, you know, let's stretch it, month, year, you know, how long can you go completely without your phone? And the reason I say this, and it's funny that this is like a radical thing now, that's how much we all use our phones all through the day. But to have a whole big chunk of time completely without using your phone is the one thing that's actually going to give you perspective. Because the moment you do, and you kind of get to go back to that space of what is it like to just be bored? You know, how do I feel in my day to day when I don't have this phone to reach for, to kind of distract me or numb me or soothe me or whatever it is that it's doing all through the day? What kind of life do I live when the phone just isn't an option, when it's not there? How do my relationships work? What is my relationship like with myself? How do I end up spending my time without using my phone? And we need more than the occasional afternoon or just those two hours in the morning or however you're designating it in your day to actually get back to that feeling of just being present in the body completely without the phone. I find that a weekend is a really great way to do this because obviously when we work, most of us use our phones in different ways. So I had a phone-free weekend just this weekend or three days in a row, which was so, so needed. And whenever I do that, it sort of just creates a different level of, of well-being in my day-to-day. But I don't notice that I need that when I am on my phone casually throughout. So even on days, if I have several weeks where I have this really sensible use of my phone and I feel like I have gratitude around the things that are good and presence around the things that aren't, you know, I, and I really follow these little rules and the structure that I have. Even then... I don't notice what the use, the constant use of my phone actually does to my well-being until I actually have dedicated time completely without it. So this might require a bit of logistics for you the way it does for me. You know, when I decide to take three days without my phone, I have to let some people know. Otherwise, they're going to think I fell off the face of the earth. So letting your loved ones, maybe your work, you know, letting your people know that, hey, here is how to actually reach me. So maybe that means that you ask people to come by your house. Maybe that means that, um, so what I will do is I'll leave or what I used to do, but I actually don't anymore is I'll just leave the calling function on, on my phone and that's it. Nothing else. So you have your Wi-Fi and your cellular data, you know, all of that off, but people can still call you. And then you just say, Hey, if anybody needs me or you want to reach me this weekend, give me a call, (laughs) give me an actual call. And then keep your phone somewhere in the house so that if it call, if it rings or when it rings, you can hear it, right? But a weekend is better for this because you can actually have that designated space just for you. 
couple of other logistical things that are really helpful is checking in with any other areas in your life that you actually use your phone for logistical reasons. I have a a couple of big ones that actually have been, they used to be a big hindrance for me. So we have a pretty smart house, which I actually don't know if it's smart anymore. (laughs) I'm like, is this really smart to live this way? But an example of that is all of our lights in our house are connected to the Wi-Fi. We have these lights. They're called Hue lights from Philips. They're wonderful because so I'm a Libra and harmony and lighting and ambiance is like the number one most important thing for me in my house. If you follow me on social media, you might have seen we often have like orange or red hues in the evening and people ask me sometimes, you know, what are, what are, what's this lighting in your house? So because it's through an app, I can use every lamp I can set on any kind of color or temperature, you know, that I want in terms of the ambiance for each room, which is really wonderful because it's a great way to create a really cozy house and space. But it also means that I need to use my phone to turn on the goddamn lamps in my house, which is not, not so helpful, especially if you want to have a phone-free week, right? So uh, that is one way. The other thing is we have some security cameras and things around the house. That also, of course, happens through an app, the way things just do through an app. Our AC, our air conditioning, you know, we live in Aruba, it's a million degrees. Our air conditioning is through an app. And the sound system, we have a sound system in the house. That's all through an app on the phone. So basically, I can't really live a normal day in my house if I want to turn on lights and listen to music and things like that without going to my phone, right? And I found that when I would take in the past, I would say, okay, I'm going to have a completely phone-free weekend and I would let everybody know, you know, and oftentimes for me, that means I want to be home alone. So I don't really have a lot of struggle in terms of people needing to reach me for different reasons. Or I could even say, if there's an emergency of some sort, call my husband and then they could call Dennis. I would say, tell myself, okay, I'm just going to move those apps, right? The lights, the sounds and, and the, the security cameras, right? I'm going to move them to my front screen. And that's the only thing I'm going to use my phone for. Well, what do you know? That didn't really work for me because the moment the phone was in my proximity all day or it was in my hand, I realized, oh yeah, I just, I wanted to look up that recipe to cook, right? And then I would open up whatever blog for recipes I wanted to go to. And then all of a sudden there's a little notification there because it's connected to my damn social media somehow. And I just found myself all of a sudden on an app, even though I wasn't supposed to go there. So when I want a phone-free week or a phone-free weekend, I want to be able to put my phone completely away. Our solution to this, and maybe this is extreme, maybe you won't have this issue because you don't have a smart slash dumb house (laughs) like we do, is we got a house, like one of those super cheap, like kids iPads that is now our house device. (laughs) this funny the solution to spending less time on my device was to get another device yes I'm, I, I, I absolutely understand and appreciate the irony of this but it actually was really 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 helpful for me now we don't really use it anymore but we used to have a monitor for Leia like a baby monitor for if she would cry and things in the night and that was also through an app so there was like a lot of logistical things around the house where I just needed to be on a device so having that designated one and it doesn't connect to anything else right we don't have any of the other anything there's no email there's no social media there's nothing on there it's like a clean house logistical device and that's been really helpful for me even though maybe that's that's an extreme length to go but 
I have friends of mine who went out and bought like old school Nokia phones, you know, those really old school, the phones we had before smartphones, right? Where you can just call and text, but there's nothing else. And actually use that phone to be able to give themselves complete like device and online detoxes. I tried to get Dennis to 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 help me install like a hard line at our house, you know, a regular, regular home phone. Do people even remember this? You know, how the phone would ring at your house and there was a phone connected to the wall and you would pick up the phone and go, hello, you know, like it wasn't even that long ago. Like we had like growing up, of course, like I had a home phone. That's how we reached each other. And I wanted that because that that would give me also some peace of mind. I just thought, hey, that's a great way I can tell all my friends and the people who like want to spend time with me and they want to call me to actually talk or they want to share something really important or if there is an emergency, whatever that emergency now would be, you know. I think a lot of us have this sense of like, what if there is an emergency? How would people reach me? And I think it's really rare for there actually to be an emergency of that kind that we wouldn't find out, you know, if we weren't on our phones all day. Like there's ways around that, right? And for some reason, and I don't know if this is just the times, we couldn't get a hard line installed in the house or it was so expensive because no one does it anymore. There was some huge hurdle where it just then has put his foot down and said, no. <laughs> so we don't have one. We don't have one. But there are some logistical ways you can go around this just to give yourself that chance to be connected in the sense you still want to be. So people can reach you to have a real conversation or to make a date or to, to let you know when to link up and important things like that that belong to the real in real life world without it having to happen on your smartphone all the time. So for me, these are just a couple of things that have been really, really, really helpful. Now, the number one thing I'm going to share, so for having that digital detox to completely be without your phone, to decide that decide the time, what's reasonable for you right now, perhaps what you want to give yourself is 24 hours right now. What would it be like to just have 24 hours completely without your phone? Does it change something in your day? Does it add something to your day? And once we have that little awakening, because for me, those moments were big awakenings of realizing that that anxiety that I feel so much of the day what if it's not even really mine? What if that anxiety or that feeling like, oh, there's something wrong. Like I have that feeling sometimes all day. When I don't have any time spent on my phone, that anxiety isn't there in the same way. What if this anxiety is just something really small and minor inside of myself, but then all through the day, it gets triggered by different things. And I'm comparing myself to people and I don't feel good enough. And also this feeling of just being a little bit distracted and a little bit numb all the time. So I'm never really dropping into my body in that day-to-day way. I have to roll out my mat and go into practice to be in my body versus just being in my body in my day, you know, because when I'm on my phone, I'm not. I'm somewhere else. I'm in many places, but I'm not in the body. I'm not here now. And having 24 hours completely without a device is a really eye-opening thing because we realize what it feels like to just be here. And all of a sudden we might realize that, hey, I have some things to deal with. You know, maybe I, I don't really know how to be bored. I don't know what to do with myself. And all of a sudden I have this gap opening up in my day. Like that's a big clue that tells you a lot about where you are in life, about what's going on inside of you. 
you know, and I think we miss out on so much of this healing, on so much of this, this presence, right, that's available to us all throughout the day, just by constantly having that phone in our hands. It's become almost like this extension of ourselves, right? It's always in our hands, it's always somewhere close by. Well, what is it like for me to just be here the way I am without that distraction, without, without that other thing to reach for at any moment, you know? And if I get bored or if there's silence or all of a sudden I don't know what to do with myself, can I let myself just linger there? And I found that giving myself that opportunity really opened my eyes to the kind of life I really want to live. And I want to live the kind of life where I'm present for it, right? And if I want to minimize the use of my phone as much as I possibly can and get that screen time down to a place where I know it's really what I need, right? And I'm, and then I can come back to a place where I just feel grateful for my device. I can just feel grateful for all the magic and cool, amazing things it brings me in a day. And that's the end of it, where I don't have to venture into that gray area of, oh, but now I don't know why I'm here anymore. Or now it's bringing me anxiety or now it's distracting me, right? But to really stay in that place of I'm using this as the amazing tool it is. I have saved what I think is the most important piece of advice or little suggestion that I can give around using our phones in a sacred way. I have saved it for last. And it is this, keep your phone out of your bedroom. (laughs) And I say this, I say this, I save this for the end because it is the most important advice that I could possibly ever give. It's the, it's the, in terms of this, this conversation, it's the thing that made the biggest change in my own life. Because here's what I realized, the things I do on my phone after I already decided I'm going to bed, I mean, can you take a step back and just zoom out and look at this objectively? We have already decided we're tired, right? Our bodies have already signaled we're tired, we're ready for bed, it's time to rest, it's time to sleep. The things we do on our phones after we already decided we're going to bed is of no use to us actually getting the rest that we need. And I can say that with a lot of certainty, you know, whatever happens on our phones when we are in bed, if anything, it's taking precious time away from our rest, from us restoring, from us recharging, from that really, really, really precious moment at the end of the day. You know, the last thing we think about, the last thing we see, the last thing we engage with before we go to bed affects how we sleep the entire night. And of course, how we sleep the entire night affects how we feel in the morning. Getting that rest is so, so, so important. So having a really strict, strong rule around the bedroom is for sleep and sex. (laughs) it might sound, it might sound like really obvious. And, you know, and I know some people out there are really, really good at this. I have been terrible at this for this very same reason that I've needed my phone for logistical things. And then all of a sudden we're watching YouTube and there's something else going on. And then, and I just lose precious time where really I could be sleeping or being intimate with my husband. And when the phone isn't there, actually what happens is it creates this opportunity for me to just talk with my husband about what happened in the day. If I still have energy and I'm still a little bit awake, winding down through sharing or through talking about something is a really close, intimate way to wind down together if you have someone that you're sharing a bed with. Or the space opens up to be intimate, or you realize that you're tired and you go to bed, right? Versus losing 20, 30, 45, an hour where you could be asleep resting. 
So keep the phone out of the bedroom, decide on a little charging station where you charge it elsewhere, and then get a really old fashioned alarm clock to wake up in the morning if you use your phone for your alarm. I have one of those sunrise simulating alarm clocks. I love it so much. I wake up without sound, you know, without anything blaring in my ear, and I just wake up from the lights. They also have, there's a little bird song feature. There's like waves, there's rainforest. It's just a more peaceful way to wake up. And it means I don't have to use my phone even to set the alarm for the morning. So I hope you feel inspired to really take charge of this big area of your life. This is a big area of our all of our lives. And I know we want to be here for our lives. We want to be present in our lives here now and getting really clear on what needs to change and how to change it in terms of your screen time is a beautiful way to bring more presence and more purpose into your life too. I would love to keep this conversation going. So if you have any questions or thoughts or suggestions for me, because this of course is a big journey and I'm always looking to always looking to find more ways to really be sacred and present around how I use my phone. A little goal image that I have for my own journey on this is I want my phone to feel so sacred and pure that I could put it on my altar and know it fits there. You know, isn't that a beautiful way to look at it instead of looking at this phone as a distraction or something that needs to be put away or something that steals my peace, having it be this beautiful tool that helps bring me abundance, that helps bring me connection, that helps bring me peace. And letting this device become so sacred that actually it belongs in my sacred spaces. That's a, a beautiful goal to have, I think. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm wishing you a present week ahead, a present weekend. And the Yoga Girl podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.